This is like a redneck the more you know. Tune in next week when Ian tells you how to properly install Flowmasters on a vintage Camaro. Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Yeah, buddy, it's Thursday morning. It's Thursday morning, boss man. It's the Tropical MBA podcast. This one's at tropicalmba.com slash sass, sass, slash sass, man. So two A's. How you doing, boss man? Where are you at in the world? Doing good, man. I'm uh, back in San Diego for a little bit here. Yeah, that's fun, man. We got yeah. a warehouse there. We got a forklift there. Actually, I, I, I failed to mention that I'm the proud owner of a forklift on my last digital nomad packing list. So this is yeah, it's hard to fit that into the Manal. You gotta sure. you gotta check it. You gotta check it. It's it's pretty badass. I mean, it's not as cool cool as Colby's five point seven liter Tundra, but it's can I, it's pretty gangster to own a forklift. I'll tell you that. Can I tell you a little something about forklifts, Dan? So here's here's what I know about forklifts because we got asked on the last forklift. <laughs> quick tips, quick tips on industrial products. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna buy a forklift these days, you're gonna want to get the propane forklift mm. because it's a little bit be- it gets a little bit better mileage than the gas forklift especially you know if you're working indoors you're going to want to buy the propane forklift as well because of uh, fumes so there's a couple companies out there that are pretty reputable uh clark is one of them we've got a clark there's toyota you're going to want to know if you want to go gas or electric or even propane like i said so you even have the electric version if you but you got to have 220 in the warehouse because you got to plug it in so make sure you got 220 this is like a redneck the more you know. Tune in next week when Ian t- tells you how to properly install Flowmasters on a vintage Camaro. Okay, so what are we going to talk about this week? We are going to talk about our new SaaS product, ValetUp.com. Ian, people are saying they love to hear about precisely what we're doing in a specific business that we have. So if you want to follow along with this business, check it out at ValetUp.com. We'll get into the story a little bit, but just a quick disclaimer with SaaS. You know, people, a lot of people in our community, they want to do SaaS. SaaS is expensive, it's difficult, sure, but it's extremely attractive. You've got, you know, it, it means software as a service, it means that your customers are paying you every month for your product. But I don't, you know, what I'm seeing, Ian, and I just, I, I gotta get on this again, is I want people to avoid the idea trap. I can't tell you how many people that come up to me and say, you know, I want to make Facebook, but it's like a kind of like more of like a Tumblr for parents. I love (laughs) this is a chump's (laughs) way to approach like unless you've got an audience, a ton of cash, software development skills, or you know something that we don't know. It's a chump's move to jump right into this stuff. If you're just getting started as an entrepreneur, I know because I've done it. I've lost tons of money. We've got an episode way back in in the archives about how I lost tons of money doing this. Uh, I have a lot of friends who've lost tons of money because people think they can buy themselves into SaaS, and it's just not the case. If you want to see extremely talented, articulate people fail at SaaS and have many successes as well, check out blogs that are much better at this kind of information than us. Check out startupsfortherestofus.com. Check out Patrick McKenzie's blog and check out Jason Cohen's blog. All of those links will be at tropicalmba.com slash SaaS. So 
with a great deal of disclaimer. We are going to get into, and especially for us, Ian, this is a mistakes episode. We're going to talk about the five things that we do differently with our nine-month-old SaaS product if we were starting today. Are you prepared? Is it true that we have more? Yeah, is it true that we have more mistake episodes than we do positive episodes? I mean, when was the last time we did an episode it was like five things that we did great this year? Not even once a year we don't do that. You know, I, I think that the the most successful entrepreneurs out there are the ones that are accelerating their ability to make mistakes and to learn from them. And hey, the the couple things that hit, they'll make up for all the mistakes that you make. And really, if if you're not getting into the idea trap and spending a crap load of money to start your business, you don't need a crap load of money to start a business nowadays. As long as you're not spending that money, you're essentially investing in your education. So what's the real risk? Well, the risk is emotional. And I think me and you, Ian, at this point, our egos are so beat up, they barely exist, and we just don't care about failing anymore. And so, <laughs> actually, that's not true. I wish it were true. But I do think that we're, we're making a lot of mistakes, we're learning from them, and we're trying to make this thing a success. And we think Valley Up can be that for us. So what do you say we play that classy NPR transition and jump right into it? Man, before I get these five mistakes out of you, I want to give two quick shouts. The first to Jesse Lawler, our business partner on ValetUp.com, who's doing all the development work. Of course, me and you are boneheads when it comes to software, so we needed to bring somebody in to help guide us through this. Me and you are the sales and marketing end. And of course, our project lead, Taylor Pearson, who's been on our team for a while now, he writes a wonderful blog about business and philosophy at TaylorPearson.com. Me. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into the five things that we'd do differently. Number one, we'd develop the product with our customer. Ian, we position ourselves on this podcast as experienced entrepreneurs, yet we made one of the most fundamental mistakes that you can make and that we've probably said not to make 10 times on this show. Why that's do how do life this? is, though, right? That's how <laughs> life think, is. That's, how, that's so. how it has to work, man. It's like the other day when I, when I walked up to the fruit stand, Ian, and I told the girl to put sugar in my shake. I generally say no sugar in my shake. I knew it was the wrong thing, man. I knew. Why would you do that? Who, who I, were you trying to impress? I, I paid for it on the first sip, man. I was shaking. I was unproductive. <laughs> I was feeling a little bit depressed already. I mean, I knew it was the wrong thing to do, but I did it. Anyway, there was pineapple in the shake, brother. I, I you were all it. alone. Nobody was going to make you drink that sugar, man. Nobody was watching it? me. I wasn't even trespassing with friends. I was alone. There was no one watching. <laughs> she didn't know I was on a clean diet. She didn't know she was doing anything wrong. I only got myself to blame about that. Yet I still did it, man. <laughs> Sometimes the way your brain works is weird. <laughs> it is, man. And with this uh, develop the product with your customer, you know, so the first couple months when we were developing this product, like, Hey, I'm I'm a valet. I've been a valet before. I know the valet industry because we sell equipment into that industry. I can develop this product. I didn't talk to enough customers, Dan, when I was developing this product. So we did the first iteration. We probably spent, geez, I don't know, four or six months on it developing that. It was great in this way. It was great in that it got us into conversations with our customers. And that was kind of my thought. I was like, okay, like I think I know enough about this to develop this piece of software and then have a conversation with people. The problem was like I was pretty wrong about it. I'd say I was like 80, 70 to 80% wrong about the product and, and the value proposition. So it was good in that we had something to show people, but it was bad in that, hey man, just 
just like admit to people in the beginning, like, look, uh, we're the industry leader in manufacturing equipment. We don't know anything about software, but we're coming to you right. um, as a team and as somebody that has the capability to do this. Now, please tell us what you need. Instead, so it got it got us conversations, not the conversions. In right. other words, let me ask you a heart to heart digital nomad question. If you had been living in San Diego, do you think you would have mitigated this problem? Do you think it was because you had distance from your clients that you leaned on the product, which ended up being an expensive mistake to make versus leaning on the gas bill in your CRX to go visit these? Wow, guys? we didn't talk about this point, but definitely true. I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, definitely true. I'm if just you... airing a dirty laundry. I, I have a, a lot of pent-up resentment about that, actually. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up on the show. Well, we were hanging out <laughs> together, if you remember. We were having fun, man. We were playing at Xbox. Uh, so yeah, definitely true, man. When uh, Taylor, who's managing the business right now, when uh, he came back uh, to the United States, like everything started to explode. And actually, uh, Taylor just got back from Houston because we're all out in Texas, Mm. which is a very fun place, by the way. And he had a face-to-face meeting with uh, somebody out there and ended up closing the deal today for a couple locations out there. So like face-to-face, and yes, Dan, I was absolutely leaning on the fact that I could develop the product and not have to talk to customers. Again, just putting that sugar in the shake, man. We can't help ourselves. Number two, we focused on the feature that our Well, we didn't focus on the feature that our customers were most interested in. Instead, we focused on the feature set that we thought was going to make us a lot of money. Wow, man. We are the lifestyle guys. We are the value guys, the why. Start with the why. Start with that mission statement. But even us, at the end of the day, are groveling, greedy jerks. Why do we make this mistake? Yeah, we got tricked. Well, I brought this up on one of the other podcasts, and uh, I said that we we're trying to figure out this payment gateway solution. And then a couple of weeks ago, we figured out like, hey, we can't just our customers won't allow us to use just any merchant bank. Um, there could be special situations like they've got a mortgage and they have to prove that they're going to pay that mortgage back, so they have to use the payment gateway or the merchant bank of um, whoever owns their mortgage. Right. So what what we were pushing for, and I think eventually what might become the future is. Um, kind of owning the payment gateway, owning the transactions. And so I, you know, I spent quite a bit of time, Dan, trying to figure that out. Um, and it was like a real uphill battle. And uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't know about it. And in the end, like if I would have transferred that energy, that greedy, greedy energy that I had <laughs> into developing the right feature for our customer, I probably could have probably could have been swimming in cash now, swimming. Imagine yourself, dear listener, in the wrong place. The wrong place is in a very large spreadsheets where you're tweaking percentage figures and giggling greedily at something that's not going to happen for a few years. Okay, that's this not is no the- joke. This is no- <laughs> you saw me giggling. This is not you saw the spreadsheet. This is a mistake, and we shouldn't have made it. We shouldn't have put sugar in that shake. Number three, undervaluing design as a competitive advantage. This is interesting because we kind of go back and forth on this point a little bit, Ian. You're saying that in the software as a service marketplace in the Valley Up, uh, the industry that we're going for with Valley Up, that you're seeing design is a really big deal. What do you mean by that? I mean, does it need to look cool on the iPhone or what do you mean? Okay, here's the deal with uh, what, what I see a lot in software is uh, I see a lot of software guys designing software products. And I think that that works to a certain, that works at a certain scale, you know? (laughs) 
that the definitely, horror. Uh, that definitely works to a certain <laughs> scale. But here's what we learned about um, here's what we learned about Valet Up is that these guys that own valet parking companies, the people that they're hiring to run the valet operations, this is straight out of the mouth of uh, this guy that we talked to recently. Like he he's not hiring necessarily the bright the brightest. Uh, how do I say this nicely? He's not hiring the brightest. I don't guys think there's out any there, way to right? say it nicely. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's not hiring bombed. the brightest guys out there. And uh, so, <laughs> look, hey, you, you know, know, sometimes, sometimes, look, you don't have to say it that way. Sometimes, when you work in a restaurant or you work at a gas station, it's not like you're saving the children or launching the next iPhone. It's like you're trying to make some money to go home to eat. So it's not like you're going to have people that are impassioned about running the business. And so you need things that work. Exactly right. So you need things that work and you need things that are logical and you need to design for your user, right? So like with that in mind, like who is my user? I need to design for them. A lot of guys, I think, you know, develop these experiences. You know, you can develop product experiences, you can develop software experiences, but either way, whatever your end result is, whatever your interface is, that's an experience. Whether you've thought about it or not, you've developed it. And in our case, like the experience is important because these people use this product every day. And I think that we've definitely got a leg up on our competitors in that way, in that we're really thinking about the experience. And so when I think about all the businesses that we've started, Dan, one of the things that I think we've undervalued the whole way is design as a competitive advantage. And uh, it's something that's worked out in our product business, and I think it's something that's going to work out for Valet Up, is valuing experience in design. And I think if you're somebody that's not like me, maybe you're Maybe you're not a designer and you can always hire somebody that is, or you can just be mindful of this stuff, you know, look at the interface of your competitor, look at your interface and, and, you know, people, it's like this, Dan, when people go buy a car, what do you think most people do? Do you think they pick up the hood or do you think they look at the paint? Well, most people look at the paint. That's the first thing that they see. That's very tangible to most people and that's how they make their purchasing decisions. All right. Number four not understanding where the established money in the market is and starting there. So I think it's very seductive for app, uh, you know, all kinds of entrepreneurs to say like, man, my product would be so useful in this circumstance and kind of go there with it. Instead of looking, hey, what's the demonstrated buying behavior out there? Who's actually profiting from using these kinds of things and focusing on those customers? Because they've already voted, in other words, that this is something that they value. So how do we screw this up? I mean, we talk about this all the time, man. What are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, all this stuff. It's like <laughs> I need to start. Uh, I listen to the podcast, but I need to start listening twice, I think. You need to start taking notes or something. And by the way, speaking of notes, I forgot to mention something at the top of the episode, which is that valetup.com is now – we're not going to announce revenue figures. They're not actually very high, but we just want to say that it's a real business now. Like it's about at the point where you know we're going to have full-time employee for this. Yeah. So – Invest in that full-time employee. I'll be a little bit circuitous. Is that a word? On that one. Sometimes stuff just pops out of me. All right, point number five. <laughs> What's that? Uh, point, point number, number four. four we, sorry. I'm getting off track here, man. We didn't even I'm get through off it. Track here. Go ahead. So wh- how do we screw this one up? Not understanding where the established money is in the market. Okay, so I'll give you a clear example of how this happened in Valet Up. So there's a bunch of different venues that people operate Valet at. There's restaurants, there's hotels, there's hospitals, there's special events. So what we had to figure out was where the money is, right? Where the margins are. And so we're a business that's selling to another business. 
And uh, again, I thought I understood how Valet works. Turns out I didn't. You know, we spent a fair amount of time trying to sell this product to restaurants, Dan. Yeah. And restaurants, as we found out, don't have the highest margins in the Valet industry. So the guys that we were trying to sell to couldn't afford to buy so it. you you were thinking at restaurants initially because it's a highly visible segment of the marketplace is there a way that you could have figured out that this wasn't a very profitable segment of the marketplace yeah i think uh you could just dig a little bit deeper so when you're talking to somebody and they say oh, i can't afford it dig a little bit deeper and figure out what they can't afford and why they can't afford it so we just ended up starting to have real conversations with these guys and saying hey man the, and they started to tell us man look the margins at restaurants suck if you're running a valet industry and what yeah. we figured out is like the progression of a valet company. So it's like you start off by like owning a location that does special events, then you move on to a location that does restaurants, and then maybe you move on to a location that does hotels. And that's where the real money's at. Right. Well, and there's another thing here too, which is that a lot of people, ourselves and our clients included, will will mention to you the the unprofitable problems that they have. So you got to be careful because a lot of people like they'll want a solution for all their restaurant clients because they're, quote, a pain in the butt. So as the entrepreneur who's launching a new product in that marketplace, you got to be careful to distinguish whether this is a, a, a problem for them because it's a pain in the butt. And, you know, most businesses hang on to their crappy clients and hang on to their low profit streams. So that's something to consider, right? Because like our clients, you know, they might have two or three hotel clients that are kind of making it for them and then 10 or 15 restaurant clients that they're hanging on to to get those hotel clients or whatever. And so so as the entrepreneur, you got to be crafty about sussing this kind of idea out just because that's the latest and loudest. Like, oh man, I got 15 restaurant clients and I can't park my cars and this and that. You know, that doesn't mean that that's a profitable problem for you to solve. Yeah, great point. So to circle back, the the loudest, what did you say? The loudest and the- Latest uh, and loudest. Yeah. Latest and loudest. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And there's tons of that going on. So it's like the guy that's like screaming in your ear. He's like, man, this is such a big problem. If you can just solve it for me, you're going to make a million bucks, right? <laughs> He's the only one that's saying that. All right, Ian. Finally, we thought that getting into software, it's so sexy- it's so innovative, it's so disruptive that we were going to be our generation, Steve Jobs and Waz. That's who, who, would, who would be Steve and who would be, I guess you're Steve. I guess I'm Waz in this case. Why, this is a funny one because in our office right now, we got a big $10,000 mistake sitting there because you thought you were the next Steve. Uh, all right. So to clarify here, we didn't think we were going to be Waz and Jobs by by coming out with a piece of Valet uh, software. But there was a component of this software that we thought was going to be extremely innovative. And it ended up flopping on its face. And yeah, I spent a couple thousand dollars. It definitely wasn't 10 What I thought was we were going to replace tickets. Okay. And tickets okay. are a reoccurring cost for these valet companies. And I thought, okay, we're going to go in there and we're going to reduce that right. cost for them. And so we had these QR codes printed up on these tags and everybody's like, wow, that's <laughs> super dumb. Way to go. But a couple people, a couple of people said loud, loudly that it was a good idea. So I went and ordered the tags. Yeah. But anyways, the, the lesson there is like, look, like you're not going to like, Wait until it's pounding you in the face, basically, right? Like the problem wasn't big enough and it wasn't pounding us in the face. And it was actually like a really big deterrent, right? Tickets work. Yeah, tickets, tickets work, work, number work, one. Right? You know, that they're everywhere. They work. Yeah, they cost 200 bucks a month, but they do that because it works. And by the way, you know, yes, you're taking away that 200 bucks, but you're charging them for a bunch of other stuff too. So it's not like it's this completely disruptive force coming in. Um, so in other words, we're getting 
super clever and disrupting the way that they run their business and in a way that they can't even value it because they don't even, you know, they don't even care. Tickets work just fine. What's up with Steve Jobs over here trying to get rid of the tickets that don't even care about the tickets? What I really care is the fact that my employees are stealing my money. They're not parking my cars. I can't get my insurance claims. And you guys are over here talking about your fancy ticketing solution. And nobody cares. This leads us to point six, and we don't have point six written out here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say what it is. <laughs> Basically, you know, on that point with the with the tags versus the tickets, you know, these guys are running operations already. So our number one job is to come in here and allow them to continue running their operations, but improve it, right? And so what we try to do with the tickets and the tags and what we try to do with the first version of the software was revolutionize a lot of the things that they were already doing. Look, who are we, Dan? We're just two jerks with some software idea. We're going to come in and, and, and innovate and disrupt the way this, this industry has been operating with very limited experience. I don't think so. So big mistake. And uh, the way that we're going to be able to innovate and really revolutionize the way that this industry operates is by working in it for the next four years on the software level. That's how you're going to do it. Very cool. So valleyup.com, go check it out. It's happening. We think it's going to be a success, you know, cross fingers, tapping the wood and everything. What are the plans for the future, E? Got a couple plans that hopefully we'll have, you know, have an update in a few months on the show. What are we going to be working on over the next few months? Okay, any niche we start. I was listening to that uh, Cuban episode that you recommended. Nice on, uh, on this weekend with uh jason yeah man this weekend is just crushing it i think that's the best business podcast of 2014 so far uh if i were to say like you could only download one podcast that's been the best I think. totally so cuban uh, says uh every every uh thing that he goes into every industry market etc he tries to be the industry leader so that's always a goal for the future for us Anything we get into, we want to be the business or we want to be the industry leader. Long term, though, for Valet Up, I think uh, we developed this skill set, we developed this expertise, and then we pivot and push into larger and bigger industries. Very cool. Ian, let's jump into some news items. Got a couple to share. Uh, a few days ago, I met Paul and his wife, Becky, and their four kids came here to Deval. They're on a location-independent adventure. A lot of families write us and say, we want to hear stories of families. The truth is, is that I haven't met a lot of permanent traveling families. That's difficult. And respect to anybody who's doing that. Respect to Paul and Becky for giving it a go. I had so much fun talking business with them. Check out their blog. It's really cool. Homealongtheway.com. I'll link to it. TropicalMBA.com slash sass. One other thing I want to mention, Ian, I love it when people send us their listener picks. We get them on Twitter all the time, tropicalmba.com slash listeners. We've got all kinds of pictures from people all around the world listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. One other thing I was reminded of, and I, I don't know, I feel a little bit weird bringing this up, Ian, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. At the beginning of last week's episode, we talked about what separates this podcast from other podcasts in the space, and what people often bring up about us is that we are running an actual business. That's the way people say it. And maybe what I would say is we're mostly practitioners and we're part-time preachers. So, or another way you could say it is our teach-to-do ratio 
is favorable relative to a lot of other internet marketing podcasts. Now, if you're just a coach or just a teacher, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a great business model. I'm not going to hate on that. But I do think it is unique about our show that when you look at our total sales revenue, not a very large percentage of it is coming from teaching people how to grow businesses. Most of it is coming from the actual businesses that we're running on a day-to-day basis. What say you regarding this this issue? <laughs> I feel like I've always been a practitioner. I've always preached about the wrong things generally. But uh, now that we got this business, we could actually preach about some uh, business stuff. So yeah, Dan, I don't know, man. It's uh, You know, what Taylor said to me the other day is um, he said, man, you're just not a personal brand kind of guy. <laughs> I know, man. It's true, though. I'm just, I'm just not a personal brand kind of guy. Like, I prefer, you know, the brand, and then you know, be the guy behind the brand. So it's just not my style, man. I think it, uh, it works for other people. Let's drop the Steve and Waz distinction, and we can say you're, you're the practitioner, and I'm the preacher. I think that that's, yeah. that, that works. For I me. think everybody's already figured that out. <laughs> hey, last week we had a rant on this show uh, about a boner email that I received. And people wrote me all kinds of emails with lols and memes in them and stuff, and they enjoyed it. And so this week I said, man, man, boss man, do you have a rant? And you said, why, yes, I do. So do let us know what's grinding your gears this week. Okay, rant of the week. I don't know. I think we brought him up on the episode, but uh, Franz. Okay, so Franz is, uh, yeah. He called us a few episodes ago, if you recall, asking about China sourcing. That is not a pet peeve of ours. If you call the if you call the show and ask us a question, bonus points, plus one. Okay, so Franz uh, contacted us through the show, and then we had a little bit of back and forth on the email, and he sent me some drawings, and then today we got on the Skype, and uh, let me tell you, Franz could not be a cooler dude, and I had a great time talking to him about his product spec. And I think I helped him out a little bit in terms of his manufacturing, and uh, he's going to go to Kickstarter, and he's going to try it out. It's going to be really cool. So what I want to talk about is why I think Franz is an awesome person, and <laughs> no, let me back up there. Uh, what I want to talk about is is how to be like Franz and how to not be like most of the people that contact us about this stuff. So, and I don't want to discourage anybody from contacting me, but I want to make sure that when you contact someone in my position or somebody that you look up to with maybe a little bit more experience or somebody that can help you, you got to have your shit together. Thank God Franz has his shit together because when Franz came to me, he had drawings, he had a plan forward, he had already spent some money, he had spent a considerable amount of time developing this product. Like the ship was sailing with or without me. Yeah. By the time Franz That's got deal to cutting. me, That's yeah. Deal by cutting. the time he got to me, I could help him, right? Yes. And what what I see and what I hear and what I get in my inbox a lot is people coming to me with a dream. Okay. If you haven't taken steps forward in your dream, don't come to me. I'm sorry. I just don't. It's we yeah. don't. We're the, not the, the same place. The blanket right? answer is is yes. You can have your dream. Yes, go for it. Absolutely. Yes, yes, always. Yes, yes, yes. Go for it. You know, this is this is the classic deal cutting thing. 
if you want to get people on board with what you're doing, your venture. Dear sir, good investor, I, I don't need your gold ducats because my ventureship is going off. We are going to the Indies, and if you want to invest, you're more than welcome. We're leaving anyway. And, you know, the thing about what Franz was doing is, look, like it wasn't a low bandwidth inquiry. You know, we did a whole episode about it. It was kind of so-so. You know, you can only say so much. And we said, so at the end, I think we just did like the Hail Mary, like email us. So Franz emailed us. And it wasn't a simple thing to respond to. But I'll tell you why I took the time to write back three paragraphs and you got on the phone with them and everything is because it was inspiring to see somebody taking big, massive, real action. It's like, hey, this is going to happen. Like this guy's going to make this thing. Okay, I'll spend 15, 20 minutes thinking about it because that's exciting. And we do the same thing. So you, you feel a kindred spirit. You know, you feel like, hey, this guy is going to go make this thing happen. That's what I like to see in myself. So I want to be around people that are doing the same thing. I want to invest in this guy for fun. And, and, and that's how it works. It's not rocket science, you know. That's how it works, man. And, and when somebody approaches you and they're at the level that Franz is at, man, it's just it's so inspiring because you know that you can hopefully have an impact on them. So I guess what I'm saying is like don't stop approaching people, but make sure when you approach people, you've got your stuff together and that you're moving in the right direction. Exactly what you said, Dan. Don't approach people for permission seeking, right? Like yeah. approach people that can really help you because uh, it's inspiring, man. I love working with people that are already trotting down the path and I can just help yeah. them out a little bit. Speaking of hustle, and it, you know, the thing about it is it's not going to happen. I think people want it to happen in a week. But speaking of, you know, we, how long have we been talking to Eric Paquette about travel hacking? Maybe six months now. I can't wait to have Eric Paquette on the show and talk about how he booked me business class in an A380 on Lufthansa at a long haul in a couple weeks. I'm pumped, man. I would get on that airplane even if I came right back. That's how excited I am. I'm such an airplane nerd. But Eric Paquette, the same kind of thing. This guy's got a momentum. He's putting up podcasts at abroaders.com. He knows his stuff and he's in it to win it. He's in it over the long haul. So, you know, you're not going to get action out of people right away. Like I'm going to jump just because you sent me an email. But if you continue to work with people over the long haul, stuff starts to build up. You know, that's the name of the game. So shout out to Eric, man. We're going to be working on a podcast for this very show about travel hacking and, and not just generic stuff, but like really interesting, like how you can fly in business class with no extra money and, and how you can win points based on what you're already doing in a very easy automated way. So there's a lot coming down the pike. Um, Ian, we are over time, but before we leave, I would like to highlight some of the wonderful iTunes reviews that people have been leaving for this show. And to make it interesting, we are going to play some rap music in the background. You are a huge fan of rap music. Why don't you uh, choose the track for us? Now you put me in a corner. Now I'm the rap guy music guy. <laughs> I'm the rat man. I pigeonholed you. All right, man. So uh, right. let's play a little bit of uh, Kendrick Lamar. This is called uh, Barbed Wire. This was the only track that I could find where he wasn't cursing profusely. So. All right, Ian, like the MCs that we are, let's just go back and forth. I read one, you read the other. Five stars, the best podcast on entrepreneurship. Yeah, buddy. Seven Earths from the United Kingdom says, I have listened to over 100 of these podcasts on my way to work. These guys give you something that so many other in their field don't. That is opinionated, well-lived in, well-researched data. What these guys talk about can be used in every facet of your entrepreneurial journey. And that review is out of the UK. It's always good to see that our earnestness and our overuse of the word awesome is not turning off our good friends 
from they the have UK. a better vocabulary than us I'd say that that's uh, absolutely true. okay uh, Canadian Jeff <laughs> that's really his name uh, that's his legal name according to iTunes <laughs> super motivating five stars remember only leave a, a review if you're going to leave us five stars Dan and Ian's podcast right. is one of the best parts of my week you can always count on it giving you entrepreneurial inspiration and a boost motivating you to get back to work towards your dreams so you also take time to respond to listener questions yes we do and we also flog our listeners if unless you're Franz and you write me an email that I don't like both on and off air everyone is interested in being in a location independent entrepreneur should subscribe now yes you should thank you Jeff five stars love these guys in their podcast by Dale Traveler I've been listening to Dan and Ian for a while now and love these guys and wanted to take the time to take a review thank you Dale Traveler I can't wait until these guys open their DC community and drink a beer with me I actually think I own the record on iTunes for drinking the most beer with the most listeners Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that I do. I mean, who can compete with that? Who can compete with my track record? Everybody. Yeah, I think you're probably right. (laughs) Yeah, buddy, from Spank18. All right. This is Australian guy. Jazz walk playing in the background. Bala. Okay, that's all you need to know from Yeah, buddy, Spank18. Five stars, value and fun together as one by David Sapp. He's a poet. And he says, I can't thank them enough for getting me on. To this podcast listening thing, I look forward to every new episode with anticipation. I knew I was going to get this one. Five stars, Unreal Podcast. Christopher G. Tropical NBA is the filet mignon of podcasts. Dan and Ian make me, this is what he says, shit my pants on a regular basis <laughs> while still providing useful content. I haven't heard that before. This podcast is one of the reasons so far the best review why I'm creating <laughs> my cash runway and moving to Thailand coming this year. Well, be careful, Chris, because I heard they don't like people that poop their pants in Thailand. <laughs> Five stars. What do I love about the Tropical NBA podcast by Matthew Neeson, also from the great country of Australia. Too much to fit in this small space. But most importantly, I love the smack talk. Quality podcasts are all about relationships, and Dan and Ian knocked both components out of the park. Three months ago, I launched the Winning Athlete magazine. I can honestly say that would never have happened without the inspiration I get garnered, garnered from this podcast. Much respect. You're changing lives. Thanks for the review, Matthew. All right, Dan, I think I've had about enough of the reviews. We've got a couple left here, and maybe we'll save them for next week. <laughs> next week, we'll put a classical music into it. Hey, this one's at tropicalmba.com slash slash sass. Slash sass. That sounds pretty cool. We thank you for sticking around into the 37th minute. You are a trooper. Boss man, as always, thanks for coming to the show. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do you want to say anything else at the end here, boss man? I mean, we're already just like a Grateful Dead song. I mean, do you want to do anything? Anything? Write me an email, man. Give me something to rant about. I can't <laughs> wait to rant again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning. 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.